Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be recapping 2019. We'd like to wish you all a very happy new year. Welcome to 2020. And uh, Shaq, uh, it's going down starting January 18th. we got a long year ahead of us, my man. Yeah, 2020. Make sure you use that code 2020 for uh, 20% off all VIP packages on bestfightpicks.com. And 2020, I'm excited, man. It should be the biggest year to date. And uh, a new decade, new beginnings, and uh, let's get it going. Yeah, we're in this game for the long haul, man. And uh, I'm very excited to see what this year has in store for us. Us, but man, we have to recap what was a very epic 2019. And uh, before we do that, just got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Flav CBD. Check them out at flavecbd.com. Use that promo code BATTLE for 10% off. And if you're interested in our bets, because we already got one ready for uh, UFC 246, which is the Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone card. Just use that promo code 2020 to save 20% off any VIP package at bestfightpicks.com. Well, Shaq, let's get right down to business because in 2019, a lot of shit went down, my man. A lot of good fights, a lot of upsets, a lot of rivalries, knockouts, submissions, the whole bit. Prospects were born, champions were crowned, and uh, now it's time to recap what an amazing year it was because first up, the knockout of the year. And I think a lot of people are going to know what we're going to go with here, but I'm going to let you go first because I heard you might have had a different one than I do. Yeah, you know, obviously the one you're probably talking about is hashtag five seconds, hashtag, you know, the resurrection. Hashtag hashtag super necessary. (laughs) Super necessary. Uh, uh, Masvidal versus Ben Askren, but mine is actually the one prior to that, is actually him knocking out Darren Till, because look, Ben Askren is a good win, but uh, like I told everyone before the Maya fight, I mean, the guy... What's he done, you know what I'm saying? And, And then, but the Till fight, man, that was... You know, I feel like George's back was more against the wall in that fight. I mean, going into that fight, people kind of almost thought it was a formality that, you know, he was done. uh, And that Till was just going to come in here and uh, walk all over him. But George had different plans otherwise. And when that KO happened, man, I actually thought Till uh, (laughs) might have been dead for a second. You thought the worst. (laughs) I was like, yo, is he okay? Uh, Because, I mean, man, it was a vicious KO. I'm not saying that the Askren one wasn't, but I just feel like that was a better opponent in that kid's hometown. The environment was a lot more different, and that's my KO of the year. George Masvidal knocking out Darren Till in, uh, was it Liverpool or... It was a it was a vicious vicious knock. Actually, I believe didn't he fight Wonder Boy in Liverpool? This what this might have been London. Yeah, London. London. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, just the way the head bounced off the canvas. Also, the fact that Darren Till had this unbelievable confidence in himself, and even though he was coming off that loss to Tyron Woodley, he didn't get knocked out. He got knocked down, but he didn't get knocked out in that fight. So to see him stiff on the canvas, unconscious after he was talking about how. He can't wait to knock out Masvidal. And he even knocked down Masvidal in the first uh, couple seconds of that fight. It was truly epic. But for me, it's the one that everyone's got to go with. And that's Masvidal versus Askren. Look, when you want to get a casual into the sport, you can't show them a fight that goes past the first round and expect them to sit there and you know wonder what's going to happen. If you want to get them into the sport right away, just pull up your phone and pull up that Masvidal versus Askren knockout because... That's an effective way to get a new fan into the sport, not to mention one of the most vicious, brutal, devastating stiffenings I have ever seen in all my years of watching the sport. And then you go to find out that uh, that Jorge was actually training that move a couple days prior, you know, running across the room, hitting the pads. Uh, it's pretty admirable. And then 
you take it a step further and you see the kind of shit Askren was talking going into that fight, making tweets about how, you know, he he wouldn't, you know, be caught dead losing to a guy like Jorge Masvidal. Well, he was caught dead losing to Jorge Masvidal. So that is my knockout of the year because he didn't just knock him out. He knocked him into the re- into retirement shack. Uh, we can say that he fought Damian Maya afterwards, but Damian Maya fought a ghost afterwards. Jorge Masvidal took his soul. Jorge Masvidal gets the knockout of the year on both our cards for you, for Till, for me, for the Askren one. Submission of the year. Always got to give love to jujitsu. And uh, for me, there were a lot of options. But my first one might actually surprise a lot of people, man, because I, I didn't I didn't see this one listed on uh, a lot of people's year end uh, year end awards. But for me, how about Jack Hermanson versus David Branch? I mean, first of all, he was the underdog going into that fight. Second of all, David Branch is a, allegedly a Henzo Gracie black belt. And third of all, to go in there within 30 seconds, boot sweep the guy, and you get him with this guillotine that's it's a modified guillotine. Some people consider it a head and arm triangle from bottom, and just that squeeze. And to make a guy like Dave Branch tap right away, uh, that's my submission of the year, man. And uh, my, my runner-up has to be Bryce Mitchell versus Matt Sales just because... I mean, look, it was the second twister in UFC history, man. The first time was the Korean Zombie against Leonard Garcia in the rematch in his UFC debut. But anytime you see a twister, I mean, I was at a Robert Hale's wedding. Uh, shout out to Best Fight, big sponsored athlete and the number one lightweight in the Southeast, Robert King Hale. I was at his wedding. I was, uh, you know, hanging out with uh, with the lady friend. We were watching it on the phone, and this dude gets a twister. I was like, holy shit, he got a fucking twister. Like, I, we, we went crazy, man. So, uh, yeah. Hermanson's my number one, but uh, you got to give a nice little honorable, honorable mention to Bryce Mitchell for getting that twister there against Matt Sales. Yeah, definitely some good ones. I got a couple as well. Uh, my first one is, I like this one just because it was more of the comeback variety, and that's Paul Craig submitting Kennedy uh, in Juku earlier this year. You know, it seemed like Kennedy was up two rounds, even with the point deduction. It looked like this was uh, about to be a smooth sailing decision, and Paul Craig... Uh, he did it again, man. He's the king of the fluke subs. Uh, he had Kennedy tapping all over the place, and Kennedy even tried to act like he didn't tap after the uh, the fight was over. So, Paul Craig, uh, that's uh, one of my uh, favorite subs of this past year. And another one was uh, Marlon Moraes versus Rafael Assunza earlier this year in Brazil. I mean, Marlon Moraes ran through him in a way that, and that guillotine was so beautiful. A guy to make a guy like Assunza tap that fast, a I black mean, belt of that caliber. <laughs> like, Fucking, that means that guillotine must have been uh, in, in, and Marlon Moraes that it eventually ended up taking him to a title fight. Unfortunately, he lost, but hey, he bounced back with a, a win over the legend Jose Aldo, so I'm sure he's got a good 2020 ahead of him. And uh, another one of my favorite ones, even though I might not get the recognition, is uh, is Corey Sanhagen versus uh, Mario Bautista, you know, uh, even though Bautista was a newcomer. I don't know if we're going to see too many arm bars as pretty as that, so that's uh, also one of my other favorite submissions yeah it's a beautiful one for sure uh, this kid Corey Sanhagen is definitely someone to watch and uh as far as the Marlon Marais versus Rafael Asuncao one uh when you talk about real guillotines you talk about thinking your Adam's apple is about to explode so for a black belt of the caliber of Rafael Asuncao to tap out you know that shit must have been deep not to mention he got dropped prior to it so yeah that's definitely one of them for sure rookie of the year so this is a guy that had to have made his debut 
in 2019 to be considered the Rookie of the Year. So I know people are out here saying Edmund Shabazian was the Rookie of the Year, but guys, Edmund Shabazian made his debut in 2018, so he can't be the one. So for me, I got two guys, and the first one is a no-brainer. I mean, you got to go with Jerzino Rosenstrike. I mean, you're talking about a guy who makes his debut. He's fighting the Junior Albinis of the world. He's fighting the Allen Crowders of the world. You know, it's all cute. Oh, you got these nice little knockouts. Give him a pat on the back. Let's see how you do against real guys, and uh, goes in there with Arlovsky. Now, I know we like to talk about how Arlovsky is 3-9 and nine in his last this and that, but the bottom line is Arlovsky ain't been getting stiffened uh, for, uh, for a minute now, and Jerzinho Rosenstrike put him out in under 30 seconds. So that was very impressive. You beat a guy like Arlovsky, that means, hey, it's time to take that next step up in competition. Well, uh, here's Alistair Overeem, uh, you know, perennial top five guy. Jerzinho goes in there and splits the guy's lip, launches him into the fifth row. I don't care how many seconds were left in that fight. Uh, one man was left uh, viciously unconscious. So, Jerzino Rosen strikes my rookie of the year, man. Uh, he's basically been on the Francis and Ganu kind of trajectory. And what I mean by that is, you look at a guy like Francis. You know, he's fighting the Luis Henriques and the Bojan Mihajlovic and all this, on all this shit. Then they gave him Arlovsky and Overeem. That's exactly what they did with Jerzino Rosen strike. Now, ironically enough, Jerzino and and, and Ganu are going to meet in 2020. That's going to be one hell of a fight. But yeah, Jerzino is my rookie of the year, and my second rookie of the year is actually a kid in the flyweight division and his name is Hogerio Bontorin, and the reason I'm taking him is because you know you can take some of these kids from contender series the hunter azures and this and that but they've gotten wins but what have they really done Hogerio Bontorin came into the UFC beats a top 15 guy off the bat in uh Magomed Bibulatov then goes out there against Howley and Paiva who many people myself included thought he beat Kaikara France goes out there and finishes him in the first round so Hogerio Bontorin Makes his debut in 2019. He's a top 10 guy now. He's uh, my second place winner for uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, my uh, Rosenstrike's definitely got to be, I mean, to make your debut this year and be one win away from a title fight by the end of it is uh, very impressive. He made his debut on that Marisa Suntau 2 card. So he's definitely the clear-cut winner. I got some other ones, a couple of other ones. A female fighter, actually, by the name of Amanda Ribas. This girl uh, was coming off a two-year USADA suspension. I mean, uh, we saw a video of her getting knocked out by Pollyanna Viana, so we're thinking, you know, this girl, this girl might be trash. And uh, man, in her two fights, I'll I'll say I haven't been that impressed. You know, she impresses me the same way, like uh, you know, like a Yan Zhao Nan impressed me. Like every time I watch her, at least these two fights, I'm like, man, this chick is really good. She's got a big fight coming up here, uh, early 2020 against Paige Van Zandt and Paige Van Zandt's last UFC fight. So keep an eye out for Amanda Ribas uh, in 20. 2020 and another uh, newcomer that made his year that's got another big fight in 2020 is Mahmoud uh, Muradov. You know, he only had two fights this past year, two solid wins over DiCirico and uh, and Trevor Hotsaw Smith. But the way he knocked out Trevor Smith, now he's getting another step up in competition against Carlos Quitface Jr. And uh, keep an eye out for Mahmoud Muradov. It looks like he might be headed towards the ranking. So those are my three top newcomers. And make sure you give me that dog money <laughs> on uh, Mahmoud Muradov against everyone's uh, everyone's favorite overhyped fighter, Carlos Jr. <laughs> performance of the year so it could have been a first round knockout it could have been a dominating decision just what do you think was the performance of 2019 because i know a couple years back the performance of the year was rda versus pettis that's what you consider a thorough ass whooping that's what you consider a performance of the year but for me shack in 2019 uh you know what kind of reminded me of rda versus pettis a little bit uzman versus woodley uh even though look 
Usman was undefeated in the UFC. A lot of people saw it coming. I wasn't one of them, man. And, you know, it's one thing to go out there and eke out a split. And, you know, it might be controversial. The fans want to see you run it back. When I tell you that Usman went out there and broke Tyron Woodley in the first 20 seconds of that fight, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. He messed up Tyron Woodley to a point now where Woodley's coming out here with all these delusional statements. I mean, he was making delusional comments prior to the fight as well. But now he's saying stuff like he watched the... Kamaru and Colby fighting was disgusted by what he saw, like as in saying that he's so much superior or something. Dude, you you got We're the floor, you got the floor mopped with you for twenty five straight minutes by Kamaru Usman, and it was such a dominating performance 50, to the point where they they weren't even willing to give a guy like Woodley who had defended his belt three times already. They weren't even giving willing to give him an, an instant rematch. They were like, "Here, Woodley, why don't you fight Robbie Lawler again?" And you know what I mean? Because you know the UFC actually love Robbie Lawler. You know what they were trying to do there, Shaq. <laughs> but uh, then he pulled out of that fight. Now he's doing the TMZ thing. I really think Usman's performance of the year doesn't just carry into the octagon, man. I think he messed this guy up. Uh, we'll be looking to fade Tyron Woodley very soon. But as far as Usman, to take that and then parlay with the performance he had over Kobe, and then you just look at his run up to the title, this dude this dude's fucking serious. Performance of the year, Kamara Usman against Tyron Woodley for me. Yeah, my performance of the year is Henry Cejudo. You want to talk about running through a guy, and especially a guy at the level of TJ Dillashaw. Now, I know he was uh, depleting himself uh, 10 extra pounds, and I know he was injecting himself with needles as well. And, you know, I do have respect for TJ as a fighter, a former champion, a two-time world champion. But, uh, you know, that was one of the more exciting moments of 2019, seeing his head bounce off the canvas. I mean, you know, TJ's a, a prissy one. And, you know, Henry Cejudo, that's how you run through a guy. I mean, look what he did in the lead-up to that fight. He took the snake and he banged it against the ground and he told TJ, this is what I'm going to do to you. And he, that's exactly when he went out, uh, went out there and did 32-second KO, early stoppage or not, I mean, look, like my, uh, Kevin McDonald said, TJ, you were out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, So that's my performance of the year, Henry Cejudo, 32-second KO over uh, TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, it, it was a beautiful knockout, and uh, it was even nicer to cash, a, I believe, a plus 180 ticket hey, uh, on a guy of San Henry Cejudo's caliber. the under four and a half as well, I was like... <laughs> Knock him out. It was my second underdog cash of the year because the first one was Cowboy Cerrone teaching that kid Alex Hernandez a lesson. Everyone was on Alex Hernandez for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I guess it's barely like, beating OAM means you're going to beat Cowboy Cerrone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was cute. Upset of the year. So in 2019, obviously, there were a lot of big upsets and... It's not necessarily in terms of the odds it could be or maybe the stipulations, just what was going on, the the situation surrounding. And for me, it's got to be Uriah Faber going in there and starching Ricky Simone. I mean, to come off not just a three-year layoff, Shaq, but a three-year layoff where you retired, you put your gloves in the center of that octagon, you told the fans you're moving on to other things, and then you don't just come back in there and take a quote-unquote tune-up fight. Turns out it was a tune-up fight, but... You know, on paper, uh, Ricky Simone, well, he was number 14, number 15 in the world at the time. So Uriah Faber is coming out of a three-year retirement to take on a top 15 guy. Very big underdog and doesn't doesn't eke out a split, doesn't hump anyone's leg and make the crowd boo. Goes out there in Sacramento, California, in his hometown. You could feel the the energy, the just uh, there was something in the air that night. Goes out there, starches, and that's my upset of the year. Props to the California kid. What a badass. Yeah, you know, I got two upsets of the year. Um... 
I can't, you know, I could just go with a typical comma worthy over Devontae Smith, but I tell you why I won't go with that. Because everyone's opinion of Devontae Smith was fucking inflated to a point. I mean, all he did was beat fucking Julian Arosa. Uh, Julian Arosa and Don Young Kim. And Don Young Ma. Like, oh, <laughs> big fucking whoop. Like, and granted, you know, I, every, of course we all thought he was going to win that fight. Cam Worthy had been knocked out five or six times, of course. But Devontae Smith, in hindsight, you know. He lost to John really, Gunther. He lost, the, he lost the fucking John. He got finished by John Gunther. So uh, I won't so, go so, next, so what I'm going to say is next time he fights a really <laughs> shitty fighter, don't bet on him. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and then you could, uh, but I, I got a couple. So one of them, this one's going to go a little bit under the radar. Not too many people will say this one, but I just remember earlier this year in Russia, there was a card in Russia where, you know, they had, uh, the big Shevchenko sister, Antonina Shevchenko as a, I mean, everyone just thought she was going to come in here and, and, and take care of the soccer mom, Roxanne Mataferi. I can't exactly remember what the odds, but I know they were, exactly, they were huge. And, uh, I just remember, uh, Valentina having to cut her A short throughout that whole fight. She, you know, she's, Hey, Hey, you know, then, uh, Antonina was on her back getting smashed. And, uh, so that was one of my upsets of the year. Not too many people saw that coming. Roxanne Mataferi with a big upset. I'm sure she uh, put a dent in a lot of wallets. And my other upset of the year is Dustin Poyo, Dustin Poirier over Max Holloway. Going into that fight, I mean, Max Holloway was coming off that fucking Brian Ortega fight where he set a, you know, a significant strike record. I mean, pe- uh, people were acting as if this guy was Jesus damn near. And uh, Dustin Poirier, I mean, they thought he was going to go up to 155 the toughest weight class in all the sports and uh they thought he was just gonna stroll in and come win a belt <laughs> and uh dustin had plans otherwise man dustin put an end to that in atlanta georgia i was there live uh it was one of the greatest fights i've ever seen uh one of the top fights of this year and uh that's that's also one of my upsets just because dustin finally got to realize a championship belt whether it's interim or not how many people can say they had an interim belt? Hey, so, he can walk inside his house <laughs> and see a thing exactly. that says UFC gold on it. So. Exactly. So interim belt, whatever. I mean, how what percentage of fighters can say they had an interim belt? Exactly. So uh, I think uh, that's those are my two upsets. Now we got to talk about the fighters to watch in 2020. I mean, it should be fighter to watch, but you know we love these prospects. There's so many of them, and. I mean, for me, man, I'm going to list a couple of these guys. Obviously, Montel Jackson, that's someone we've been very high on since he made his UFC debut. Extremely big reach for the weight class. And uh, the kid seems wise beyond his years. He's had less than 10 pro fights, and he's going out there styling on these guys in a way where uh, I'm very curious to see what he does. I can't wait to see what the completed version of him is. Also, his teammate, O.D. Osborne, who's going to make his debut later this year. I'm very uh, intrigued to see what he does as well. Then there's that kid you mentioned earlier, Mahmoud Muradov. He's managed by Floyd Mayweather, and they're picking his fights very correctly. Like They're, they're going on the right path with this kid. I mean, Alessio DiCurico to Trevor Smith to Carlos Jr., that's the perfect step up in competition. It's a very winnable fight for him. He's a guy you need to look out for, very dynamic, a lot of swag in there. But then there's the guys you guys already know about, obviously the Edmund Shabazians. I mean, that kid's a phenom, uh, very young as well. Piotr Jan, I mean, if he's not fighting for a title in uh, 2020, I'm going to be very shocked. Also, his, uh, I'm going to say his rival, even though they've never talked shit about each other, but just rival in the sense that both these guys are headed towards the top Corey Sanhagen you got to look out for that that dude as well I really hope that Piotr Yan and Corey Sanhagen 
actual actually get uh, title shots separately and don't have to fight each other for the title shot. You feel what I'm saying? I hope that when they fight each other, one of them is champion already. Or if Cejudo wants to vacate that belt and do whatever he wants, go retire, go to WWE, uh, you can have Piotr Yan versus Corey Sanhagen for the vacant belt. But I have a feeling Cejudo is going to stick around. And then, you know, Paulo Costa, Yan Zona, we've been high on for years. This new kid, Puna Haley Soriano, I like him. And then uh, a couple of my guys at Fortis MMA, Jeff Neal, Carlos Diego Ferreira. There's a lot of fighters to watch in 2020, Shaq. Yeah, there is, man. You got to keep an eye out for uh, Macy Barber. Keep an eye out for Hione Barcelos in 2020. Uh, just got a big win over Saeed Nurmagomedov. I think he's a top 15 bantamweight. I think he's been a top 15 bantamweight since he uh, stepped foot in the company. Um, Nathaniel Woods got a big fight coming up here. Uh, keep an eye out for my boy Cody Stamen as well. I know he uh, is coming off a draw against, but hey, I, between you and me, everyone knows that he de he de uh, went out there and derailed that hype train. And so not his hype train. I think Song's a, a good for keep an eye out for Song as well. You know, all those guys will be bouncing back, but those are uh, a couple guys. Um, Amanda Rebos, keep an eye out for her as well breakthrough fighter of the year so this is this could be someone who was on the cusp of becoming a star and then they really broke through in 2019 or someone who had mixed results in the past and they got over the hump whatever it may be so i got a couple man obviously the biggest name one for me is israel adesanya because he was already a star last year but once he touched that belt this year, and those two title fights he had, obviously the fight of the year contender with Kelvin Gastelum, and then you parlay that with a knockout, the vicious, devastating knockout victory over the then champion Robert Whitaker in that big stadium. I mean, the guy's a superstar now, so he definitely broke through. He's one of the guys, but on a smaller level, you know who's someone I think is the breakthrough fighter of the year uh, runner-up? I got to go with Randy Brown. You know why? Because for the longest time, Shaq, we've been saying, when this kid finally puts it together, look the fuck out. Well, guess what? In 2019, Randy Brown finally did put it together, goes out there, not just stops uh, the very tough to knock out Brian Barberena, but then goes out there and finishes Warley Alves as well. So now you're looking at a top 25 guy and Randy Brown finally starting to meet that potential. So I'm very excited to see the future for him. And last but not least, what about Marlon Chito Vera? I mean, the guy fought five times this year, five finishes. Now he's got a fight against a top 10 guy in Jimmy Rivera, a guy who he does not like at all. They have serious beef. And uh, not to mention, he's one of the most exciting fighters in the whole sport right now. And I think there is a chance that if he keeps up his finishing ways, he could become a superstar one day, too. He's got a country behind his back as well in Ecuador that could go down. He could headline an event down the line. Uh, Marlon Vera is one of my breakthrough fighters as well, Shaq. Yeah, there's a, there's some, there's a few breakout fighters uh, for 2019. I like the Randy Brown, Marlon Vera, Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya has probably got to be the highest profile name. I mean, he won the belt this year, so I definitely uh, get that one. Now, I got a couple, uh, you know, a guy that, this is a guy that, you know, he went 2-1 and one this year, but... It just seems like now he's becoming a lot more consistent. He's got a big fight coming up, and that's uh, Jan Blakovich. A few years ago, this guy was barely uh, hanging on to his job, and uh, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's main. He's a main event uh, in the UFC on a regular occasion. Just beat Jacare, a legend. So uh, Jan Blakovich is a, a breakthrough fighter. I'm interested to see if he can maintain his uh, consistency. But the winner of my breakthrough fighter for 2019 is Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer because. When you drop to 185 pounds, I actually wasn't uh, 
I wasn't sure if it was going to work out, you know, just because he had a tough fight in Branch uh, to start off. Branch was coming off a knockout win, if I'm not mistaken, over Mejeda Santos. Um, and, you know, he had lost to Dominic Reyes, who's fighting for the belt, and Jan Blakovic at 205. But, hey, when he dropped to 185, I mean, everything just changed for that guy. The way he knocked out Jack Hermanson uh, in Denmark like that was vicious. And I think Cannoneer, now he's got a fight with Rob Whitaker. If he wins that fight, I mean, he's got to probably get a title shot. Uh, another breakout fighter is Paulo Costa. With him beating Yoel Romero in that classic, uh, in that instant classic type of fight, uh, I mean, that solidified his day with Israel Adesanya at some point. Granted, Israel gets past uh, Yoel Romero, which I'm sure he will. Um, <laughs> that's the biggest fight at middleweight in a long time. Paulo Costa versus Adesanya. I know Adesanya and Whitaker was a big fight, but these two have a have a, a bitterness towards each, uh, towards each other. And like I said, going into the Romero fight, when have you seen a guy that jacked, that rip, with that good cardio, that power? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So him and Izzy is a big fight to watch for in 2020, and those are my uh, three breakthrough fighters. Underdog of 2019. Uh, there's definitely, and, and this isn't necessarily one that you bet on. It could be. It might not be. But just in terms of upsets and underdogs, and underdog, it, it can be a mentality. It can be, you know, someone who's always counted out. It could be according to the odds, uh, public perception. Uh, who, who do you think was the underdog of 2019? My underdog of 2019 is Henry Cejudo because, look, he was the underdog twice in the betting lines against TJ Dillashaw, a champion. But then after that, you know, people were like, oh, it was a fluke. Oh, it was an early stoppage. But then to turn around and then fight Marlon Moraes, who let me say what he was coming off of. Aljamain Sterling was dabbing in the middle of the cage unconscious. Jimmy Rivera was face first in, the, uh, in less than 30 seconds. Afaela Suntau tapping out to guillotines. I mean, Marlon Marais was on a run where people just thought it was a formality that he was about to come out here and knock out Henry Cejudo. And uh, yeah, I did bet on Henry in both those fights uh, at Dog Money against Marlon Marais, who, you know... Marlon Marais is a great fighter, but man, that dog and Henry Cejudo was able to get past that first, uh, that fir uh, that tough first round. I mean, Marais has got some of the hardest kicks, uh, some of the best explosion in that bantamweight division, and he broke him in that second and third. The pace was too much. Henry's a dog, and he's my underdog at 219. He was the underdog in his last three fights. He won all of them, and uh, all by finish. Or except uh, DJ, but... My uh, underdog of, tw of 2019 is Alexander Volkanovsky. I mean, this is a guy where he basically amounted or amassed a very, very serious record before he got the call to fight the former number one contender, Chad Mendes, at the end of 2018. Goes out there, starches him, retires him, and then it's like, hey, Alex, uh, now in 2019, you got to fight Jose Aldo in Brazil, and then you got to go fight Max Holloway. He was the underdog in both fights. He passed both tests with flying colors, absolute flying colors to a point where, I mean, when you outclass Aldo to that extent and shut him down in Rio, and every single judge has it 30-27 in Rio, like you understand what I'm saying? Not, not even Jose's best friend that was judging the fight can make a case for Jose winning that, so... That was the that was one, and then to go in there against Max Holloway, who even after the Poirier loss, people still thought the guy was invincible at uh, 145s. Uh, he put up a clinic against Max Holloway, and uh, Alexander Volkanovsky is my underdog of 2019. But I want to give a quick shout out to Volkan Uzdemir because I feel like he's had a really good year. In my opinion, he's gone three and zero this year. I know officially it's two and one, but the thing is. 
he was supposed to be uh, the guy that Rakic and Reyes ran through to get title shots, and Reyes beat him by split, but had Reyes won inside the distance, Reyes would have not had to fight Chris Weidman, but a lot of people thought that Volkan won that fight, but it showed that, hey, I'm still a, I'm still a player in this division. Obviously, he smashed Latifi. We don't got to talk about that. Uh, I know Derek Lewis is about to go clean up, if you know what I mean, but... Then that fight with Rockic, where he was also very counted out. Uh, Volkan showed that, hey, man, I, I'm one of the top five guys. He's a top five gatekeeper. And uh, if you can't beat him, you ain't uh, you ain't getting a shot at uh, at Johnny Bones. So Ozdemir is one of my underdogs of the year. And then also Cannoneer for the reasons that, that Shaq mentioned. Cannoneer is a guy who used to fight at heavyweight, used to fight at light heavyweight. But once he made that drop down to middleweight, I mean, holy shit, the results have been unbelievable. And most recently... To not just beat Jack Hermanson, but to beat him very close to his home country, no less as an underdog, was super impressive. Uh, he's one of my underdogs of uh, 2019, right behind Volkanovski and Uzdemir. The best bet you had in 2019, Shaq. Uh, what was it? It was three. Volkanovski, dog money against Holloway, Poye, dog money against Holloway, Diego Sanchez. That was a, a very good dog. Uh Against Mickey Gall earlier this year, I remember that one. Uh, what was the line? It was plus two something, right? Plus yeah. two twenty, two twenty five. Uh, a couple other ones: uh, Molly McCann plus two forty five against Arian Lipsky uh, in Greenville, South Carolina. Shout out to Molly McCann. Um, another one: Casey Kinney pulling the upset off against Ray Borg on four or five days short notice at plus 260. Uh, not too many people. Uh, look, it is a very controversial decision, but hey, it is what it is. Hey, it was 230-27. For, for a quote-unquote controversial decisions, would you rather lay chalk or have big dog odds? You let me know. Exactly. So Casey Kinney, uh, that was one of my sharper bets. I mean, Casey Kinney's a guy I've been high on for a very, very long time before he was even in the UFC. We had him on the show. Um and, uh, you know, the fact that he went up there, head up with Borg uh, coming off the title fight and beat him was, uh, you know, that was a good bet. Yeah, so McCann, uh, those are probably the biggest odds, McCann and Casey Kinney, I think. Uh, but, yeah, Dustin Poirier to win the title, Volkanovski to win the title. Marina Rodriguez uh, against Tisha Torres at Dog Money, that was a good bet as well. So, yeah. Yeah, Shaq basically mentioned uh, my favorites. Uh, obviously, Volkanovski against... Uh Max Holloway, Poirier against Max Holloway, and Diego Sanchez against Mickey Gall. All great dog odds. They did Holloway twice this year. Yeah, and you bet on him in the fight against Edgar, so <laughs> yeah. you predicted Holloway's uh, trajectory perfectly. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, those are the best underdog bets of 2019 from us. Or, excuse me, are the best bets of 2019, not best underdog bets, just best bets, even though they were all underdogs. Now, worst bet of 2019, Shaq, what was it for you? Uh, Johnny Walker and uh, McCall Olichichuk, you know, both them. You know, I thought they were uh, locks, but hey, you know, learn you learn lessons as you go, and and you know, I feel like uh, I'll be able to stay out from mistakes. I and I and I know I'll be able to stay out of mistakes like that because I saw one coming with uh, Ratchet and Ozdemir that past weekend. I f deep down, I felt like it was a good spot for Ozdemir to come in and get the win, and uh, that's exactly what he did. So those are my two worst bets. I mean, look, Walker was fucking out here flying me and dudes, and but granted, uh, he finally fought that real step up in competition, the number three, four guy in the world, Anderson, and Anderson knocked his ass out. And McCall, you know, he fucking dropped OSP like two or three times, but uh, he blew his load. He pulled a rookie move, and hey, uh, he got submitted. So. 
But hey, we learn from our mistakes, and for me, worst bet of 2019, no doubt about it, Ricky Simon against uh, Uriah Faber. I mean, when I tell you I was so confident on Ricky Simone to go in there and beat Uriah Faber, and I mean, now in hindsight, it sounds like the dumbest thing ever, because who the fuck is Ricky Simon? You're talking about the legend Faber, but at the time... Kid was coming out, or kid, the California kid was coming off the three-year layoff. He retired against Brad Pickett in a fight which he had gotten dropped, and prior to that, it wasn't looking his best either. So I thought it was a foregone conclusion that look, Ricky Simone is like Faber, but younger, faster, stronger, the whole bit. Turns out uh, none of that even mattered. He got starched right away. That was by far my worst bet, and maybe not because of me picking Ricky to win, but maybe because of the amount I put on him. So that's a lesson yeah, learned, and, so the, the and uh, something that uh, we address uh, in 2020. Uh, Ricky Simone cost a lot of people a lot of money, and uh, now it's, it's time to move forward. So that was my worst bet of 2019. Jobber of the year. Who who was the jobber of the year? Because last time we did one of these year-end shows, Craig White won the award. So now uh, someone else has to get it. You want me to take it first? Look, obviously we can, we can go with Ricky Simone, uh, not just because he lost the favor, but the way he acted after he lost the favor, you know, putting up an emoji of shrugs, acting like he didn't give a fuck. Like, dude, uh, you might not give a fuck, but all the people you costed tens of thousands give the, gave a fuck. And the other one that I got to go with, this might surprise a lot of people, but I think the 2019 jobber of the year is Chris Weidman. And let me tell you why. This is a guy where he's a former UFC world champion, and if he would have played his cards right, he could have went on to become a future Hall of Famer. Let me explain what I mean. Beat Anderson Silva twice, went on to defend the title three times total, unfortunately had the loss against uh, Luke Rockhold, and then after that, I mean, just kept taking the wrong fights. I mean, when you take that devastating title loss, hey, let's take a tune-up fight. Let's get back in the swing of things. But nah, then it's Musasi knocking you out. Then it's uh, Yoel knocking you out. Then he, he happened to get the win over Kelvin, who uh, sometimes, once every couple years, Kelvin doesn't show up for some reason, but we'll give him credit for that. Uh, comes back, gets knocked out by Jacare, then he's getting knocked out by Dom Reyes. He thinks going up to 205, he's, he, the guy's getting knocked ego, out. The, the guy's been knocked out in four of his last five. He's talking about how I'm going to fight John Jones. I was, it's like, like, I, was like, Chris, I was like, Chris, what are you Chris, talking about? Chris, you are nowhere near that point in your career no more, buddy. Uh, so just those delusions of grandeur. And at this point, he's lost five of his last six via knockout every single one. And the guy refuses to uh, take a tune-up. And this is why I respect a guy like Mauricio Shogun so much because, you know, actually he happens to be on the best run of his career. He's undefeated in four of his last five fights, which he couldn't even say back when he was knocking out guys like Machida and Chuck Liddell and uh, even Forrest Griffin, right? So, uh because after the title reign was over, Shogun, his management, they sat down. They realized, look, we we would love to fight the toughest guys in the world. We'd love to fight for a belt because we're a fighter at heart. But we know we're past that point in our career. Let's uh let's continue to make money and and prolong our longevity and our health. And that's why I respect a guy like Mauricio Shogun. But Chris Wyman being the jobber that he is, uh, you know, and, and that might be kind of contradictory of me to say, oh, why is he a jobber? He wants to fight the toughest guys. I mean, it's not that. It's not that he wants to fight the toughest guys. It's that he's become the guy that gets knocked out every single fucking fight. And if Chris Weidman's fighting, uh, I'm betting on his opponent by knockout. So Chris Weidman is my jobber of 2019. Yeah, I got a couple jobbers. Uh, you know, one of them will be David Branch because, look, at the beginning of this year, David Branch was coming off the knockout win over Mejeta. Uh, had that fight with Cannonier. And one thing I've noticed 
just about David. Even though he's not in the UFC, he tested positive. They decided to part ways, and he uh, got tapped out against Lomenko in Russia a couple weeks back. But one thing I noticed about him, when he loses, it's generally in a give-up type of state. Look, when he fought Rockhold, what happened? He tapped him out, and he tapped his strikes. Other guys would have just went out unconscious. Uh, then when he fought Cannoneer, you know, yeah, Cannoneer beat him fair and square. But what do you say on the on the uh, thrill and the agony behind the scenes? You know, he retired, basically. Uh, and then he uh, came back against Jack Hermanson get submitted in you know uh 30 31 seconds i believe it was and uh then he decided to you know start uh injecting himself with things he was uh scheduled for a fight with a couple people uh andrew sanchez maybe highness yeah so like uh and he tested positive during the lead up to that and he uh had to get his walking papers and now he's getting tapped out in uh and local scene uh promotions uh so yeah, he's one of my jobbers. Another one of my jobbers, kind of for the similar uh, reasons that you said about Ricky Simon, is Jimmy Crew. Because look, Jimmy Crew uh, was kind of one of these guys that was kind of showing signs of jobbers, but but the the fact that you know you'd have these spectacular finishes that uh, you know we would for, like if you watch the Paul Craig fight, I mean some of that shit is you know atrocious. If you watch uh, his fight with uh, Birchler, you know you you'd see some of that. But the reason why uh, I classify him as a jobber is because I mean I, when I say he was a couple strikes away from finishing Serkinov but just to see how out of control and how out of it the kid really was to you know Serkinov just to sweep him that easily and the kid you know just fucking <laughs> go down that easily but then what he did after that you know he gets on ig he's drinking beer he's also doing the shrug emoji like oh uh at least he admitted he fought like a kid but it just didn't seem like it was coming from a, a guy that you know took the loss as seriously as he should have you know some of these other guys they didn't poke their heads out for weeks you know <laughs> until, until after they lost so jimmy crute's one of my jobbers david branch is one of my jobbers and uh the other jobber even though she did get a win her last fight is uh Arianne Lipsky, just because the expectations uh, coming into this year. She started this year off uh, getting commercials, getting preview videos. And Queen the, of yeah, Violence. Queen of Violence. I mean, they started this shit off like, yo, Lips like it's Lipsky, bro. Like, <laughs> she's about to fucking win the title. And she laid two of the biggest eggs uh, in her first two fights. And, and she tried to and, lay and one in the third. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she fought a chick on, you know, two days' notice. So, hey, uh, Lipsky is also another jobber. We'll see how she does in 2020. But the expectations uh, versus the reality of where she's at, it, it's a big, big difference. The queen of fraudulence. <laughs> rivalry of the year. It could be a long-time rivalry. It could have been something that got heated up at the weigh-ins. Uh, what, what do you think is the rivalry of the year, man? Yeah, rivalry of the year for me is Usman Covington, just because those guys have had a beef uh, dating back, you know, so since wrestling days, you know, and just the fact that they finally got to uh, duke it out, and you know, it's a little fresh in our memories. That's gonna be my rivalry of the year, but uh, uh, a good uh, second place one. Cejudo is always in a beef. Cejudo <laughs> um, and Marlon was a good beef, just because, man, when I say I knew he had Marlon fucking mentally uh, all over the place, man, uh, fucking, that was a good rivalry. You had Cejudo's entourage saying shit to Marlon and Frankie during the fight. In Portuguese. In Portuguese <laughs> and shit, so... Uh, that was a good rivalry, but Usman Covington's got to be the rivalry of the year at Masvidal and Ben. For sure. For me, I got to go with Cormier versus Stipe because the first time they fought, 
Cormier ran through him in a way where it just seemed like Stipe was an afterthought. You know, Stipe started going on social media. And, was like, you know you got lucky. And started saying all these things where we thought, like, man, he Cormier messed him up to a point where this guy's so punch drunk that uh, I don't even know if he's ever going to be the same again. Then he goes out there, first three rounds, gets his ass whooped in a way where we're like, yeah, Cormier, uh, all you got to do is cruise the next two rounds and this belt is yours, buddy. You're going to retire uh, the heavyweight champ. And then Stipe... He does what he does, starts starts uh, digging to the body, eventually goes up top, finishes him, and now they're going to meet for a third time. It's become a big rivalry that I didn't even expect it to be, man. So that's my rivalry of the year. And then second place, I got to go with Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens, man. Look, there wasn't that much heat until they fought the first time, and there's still controversial opinions about it and all these things. And, you know, uh, after Jeremy said he couldn't continue due to the eye poke, then the fans start throwing things inside the octagon. And then you see the footage of Jeremy and Yair in the hotel room calling each other up uh, profanities. And, you know, then uh, then then, uh, then afterwards they fight again. And, you know, it's, a, it's scheduled for a three-round fight. And you got all these dumb fans saying, well, if that was a five-round fight, Jeremy would have won. Well, hey, dummy, you knew it was a three-round fight, and you still bet on Jeremy, so don't come at me with that bullshit. I knew it was a three-round fight, and I bet Yair at dog money both times. But that being said, uh, Yair versus Jeremy, second place for a rivalry of the year. But for me, number one is Cormier versus Stipe. Shaq, who is the coach of the year for 2019? You know, normally I would always go with my uh, guy that I pick every year, and that's the great Captain Eric Albertine, uh Mr. White Glasses. Not only does he have two champ champs in uh, Henry Cejudo and Patricio Pitbull and Bellator, but now he's even added the great Korean zombie to his uh, list of fighters. He's got Tracy Cortez as well. You know, they got some good fighters down there. Fight Ready Hunter, Azor, a lot of good people. So, But I'm actually going with Safe Sayun, and I'll just go with him just because uh, he's got more fighters, the quantity of fighters that he has. Uh, I mean, the guy, you can catch him uh, at pretty much all these UFC events, and I think they had the highest winning percentage uh, out of all the teams this year. I mean, when you go down the – I mean, look look at the guys that he's changed, you know. Uh, and then not – the young guys, he's got Jeff Neal, who's probably his number one, uh, you know, his number one prospect. But then he's got these other prospects like Kennedy, who just got his win. He's got he changed Uriah Hall around. I mean, look, uh, Ryan Span. Ryan Span's one of the top prospects at 205. He's got to fight against Paul Craig now. Uh, then you got uh, uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira, who's got a fight coming up. But the guy, it's more so I pick him is because he's changed people's careers. Uriah Hall prior, I mean, Uriah Hall after the Costa fight, I, you know, even though he was fighting, I actually picked him to beat Carlos Jr., so I can't say. But just the fact, when he linked up before this, I thought it was a good sign just because it seems like everyone, uh, this guy touches safe, they just change. Because I remember when Ryan Spann was getting knocked out on the local scene and losing to guys like Trevin Giles and, and and getting you know finished in less than 30 seconds by Roberson and all these guys. But then he gets hooked up with safe, and all of a sudden uh, the guy's the best he ever he's been. He's getting better fight to fight. Not only Spann, I said you're right, Hall earlier. What about Alex Morano? Alex Morano was on the verge of getting cut at the beginning of the year. Now he's strung three wins in, uh, uh, together in a row two of them two of them being very exciting the other one being a dominating finish over auto his max griffin fight was great the keenan song fight got fight of the night so safe side use my uh, coach of the year am i leaving anyone off his team like alonzo alonzo minifield well she lost her last fight but hey she's probably gonna get back on track here because she's fighting um the chick that uh fucking pulled out the valentina fight uh, nico montano uh so you know 
Uh, oh, you mean the former UFC yeah, world the for, champion? The former UFC world champion, <laughs> Nico Mantegna. So expect Chaizan to get back on point. Uh, By knockout. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so uh, Safe Side was my coach of the year just due to the fact that he's got so many fighters. Um, but, you know, close second place this year, Eric Albersine. But I, I'm sure Eric will get it next year. Yeah, look, Eric Albertson is my number one. Just look, I don't disagree with the things you said about Safe Sayud. He's unbelievable, the things he's done. But Eric Albertson's he's got, got champ champs. He's got two champ champs. And zombies. And the kinds of things they're doing over there at Fight Ready, or as we like to say in Brazil, Fight Ready. Uh, these guys are... They're not just taking their fighting skills to the next level. They're taking their athleticism and their performances. Uh, you see the kind of stuff Korean Zombie's been doing, man. Uh, yeah, and just like Henry Cejudo who was known for just his wrestling. Now he's going out there starching guys and just the confidence in the pocket, the explosiveness. And they, they, they come out here with these karate stances. You see Pitbull go out there and knock out Chandler in the first round. Uh, What's his name? Archuleta got a molly whopping. Oh, yeah. Juan Archuleta got his ass beat. So, yeah, Eric Albaracin is uh, – is my coach of the year. Comeback of the year. So basically this could be in a fight. Someone could be losing the whole fight and come back and win. Or it could be a career turnaround. It could be someone coming off a devastating loss. Uh, there's tons of things for the comeback of the year. But for me, my two comebacks of the year, the first one's got to be Rosenstrike versus Overeem. I mean, by definition, that was a big-ass comeback to not just be losing, quote-unquote, the entire fight. I mean, look, I had him down 3-1. to one. I thought Overeem might have got the first three. The third round was kind of closer. But even if you got it 2-2, two, two, which none of the judges did, I, I, I had it 3-1. And then to go out there and starch him with, what, six seconds remaining, uh, that was that was one of the comebacks uh, of the year. Also, Vicente Luque against Barbarena allegedly had he not knocked him out, he would have lost a split decision. So to knock uh, Barbarena out with six seconds left and to be the first man to do so in UFC history, that's one of the comebacks of the years. But for me, and this is not necessarily in terms of a fight, but this is in terms of a career. My comeback of the year is the motherfucking Korean Zombie to. To be a couple seconds away from winning that decision against Yair Rodriguez in uh in twenty eighteen. And it's the fight of the year. It's all these it's all these things. It's such an amazing war between two of my favorite fighters and I can watch that fight over and over. But that result at the end was so devastating. You question, will he ever come back the same? And uh, Shaq, not only did he come back the same, he came back even better than we had ever seen him before with a different kind of like fast twitch. His athleticism, his speed, his explosiveness mixed in with all the skills he already had. You saw the starching of Moicano. You saw the starching of Frankie Edgar. Edgar, it, it's so funny. Uh, my, my dad uh, hit me up from out of town. He, uh, you know, he saw that because he, he happened to be in Korea. He saw the Korean zombie fight. He's like, who's that guy the Korean was fighting? Was that even a real fighter? You see what I'm saying? And hey, we're talking about a future Hall of Famer, Frankie Edgar. That's how bad Korean zombie made him look that, uh, you know, people close to me were like, was he, even was he fighting some bum off the street? Like, So, uh, yeah, Korean zombie for the comeback of the year uh, in terms of career, but in terms of a fight, Rosenstrike versus over him. Zombie had a great uh, career turnaround. I think Masvidal has got to be, you know, up there for career turnarounds. I mean, he made a million plus this year. He was the biggest star of 2019. And when the year first started, we didn't really know where he was at. People thought he was about to take third loss in a row to Darren Till. But Masvidal uh, is probably going to fight for a title here up next. So, you know, career turnarounds, he's definitely up there. Um, for the actual, in the actual fight, Marais and Cejudo, Marais was whooping his ass that first round. I was able to uh, come back and, you know, 
uh, finish him and uh, win the Bantamweight belt. Another comeback victory was Paul Craig over Kennedy Inchiku. It looked like Kennedy was going to win the decision. Jessica Andrade versus Rose Nami Yunus. Look, when that first when that fight first started, <laughs> it looked like Jessica Andrade was about to get knocked out. I mean, the first round, Rose was touching her up in a way that, you know, it looked like uh, Rose might get a, a standing KO, you know, in the female strawweight division for a second. But Andrade was able to uh, stay the course, keep moving forward. And the slam that she got on Rose Namajunas was vicious. Rose was unconscious face first. So that's uh, some of my comebacks, you know, in terms of the fight sense. But career, you got to go with Masvidal. You got to go with, uh, you know, Jan Blachowicz, uh, Jared Cannonier. How about how about even Tiago Mejeda Santos from... From uh, losing to Dave Branch and getting knocked out to, you know, picking yourself up and, and, and quote-unquote, uh, some people thought he beat John Jones. Hey, at least he went to fucking split, you know what I'm saying? No one's ever No one that. ever went to split, so. Uh, how about, yeah, so those are a few. So, Shaq, who do you believe is the current pound-for-pound pound number one fighter on the UFC roster? There's a lot of options. There's... Jones. It's not Jones. There's Cejudo. There's um, Khabib. It's between them two. Uh, Why is it not Jones? Uh, just because I feel like he's not really being challenged like as much as the other. Tiago Santos are. ain't a challenge. I mean, in terms of like the betting lines, like uh, betting lines. Okay. I mean, I mean, y'all th- betting lines said one many, thing. Not too many. Y'all thought it was, I thought it was going to be a challenge. Well, so I'm saying like I'm saying like going into the fight like where people are saying like. John Jones might, no one's ever saying that, like, <laughs> John Jones has become Mighty Mouse, you know what I'm saying, like, we, every guy he fights, it's like, you know, let's get this, over. <laughs> let's just, let's just it's, he's become Mighty Mouse, and it's, uh, it's not really his fault, it's just, you know, so you're saying he's the number one pound for pound? No, I'm not, I'm saying, uh, that I, I, I slightly lean Nermaga Meadow just because I feel like he's, uh, had some tougher, tougher fights, uh, and I like Cejudo as well. Um, John Jones, great fighter, probably number two pound for pound. But I, I slightly lean Khabib, and I think Cejudo is uh, right under there. But Cejudo needs to fight very. Cejudo needs to take a fight here to to maintain that to maintain that uh, mark. But I'm not saying John Jones is not great, but I, I slightly lean Khabib undefeated. Beat Poirier this year. He beat uh, a champion in Poirier. Who else did he beat? Uh, Conor McGregor fucking got loaded off those two fights. Made six million for the Poirier fight. He made a bunch uh, for the McGregor fight, uh, and he's just the model of consistency, in my opinion. Not saying that John Jones isn't, but this guy just in in out in the cage, outside the cage. I got a lot of respect for him. So just when I when I when I think it could be, but I just think uh, I think of I just think it's gonna be. I don't want to say impossible to beat him because I do think he can lose. But uh, I just think it's going to be, like, when I watch tape on him before the Dustin fight, I'm just like, <sighs> you know, when I watch John, I'm like, someone can get to him one day. He's getting older. So uh, I think uh, Khabib's my number one pound for pound. Look, for me, the number one pound for pound fighter on the UFC roster is John Jones. I don't think there's a debate, and I'll tell you why. My definition of pound for pound is completely different than everyone else's. Everyone else's definition of pound for pound is, well, if they were all the same size, that's why they would say this shit about about Mighty Mouse being. That's not my definition. That, that they were all like, well, if they were all the same size and everything was equal, who would be the better fighter? That's why they're saying little five foot three Mighty Mouse was the best fighter on the planet. Guys, to me, the best fighter on the planet is the one that can whoop everyone's fucking ass, and I'm pretty confident in John Jones whooping. 
Everyone except maybe Nganu's ass. So for that reason, Isn't that the same, the same thing. If they were all, what, what do you mean? Like if they were all the same size. No, like I think that John Jones would soccer kick uh, Khabib and all these guys. Like, but they would never fight. Yeah, but if you fight Nganu, like that's doable. Like, well, him and Khabib is not doable. Yeah, so I'm just saying, all these people are saying like, well, if they were the same size. Mighty Mouse would win or, or Habib would win. I, 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 ain't, I ain't saying that shit. I'm saying John Jones beats every fighter on the roster, so therefore he is the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter on the no, roster. Saying- fight of the year for 2019. Fight of the year, Colby and Usman. You know, uh, it, it lived up to the billing. You know, uh, people were saying it wasn't going to be as good as... Uh, you know, journeyman Nate and and Masvidal and it, that fight that fight blew that fight out the water, man. It was a mano e mano fight, two big, you know, strong, dominant wrestlers standing and trading. I was on my edge of the seat the entire time, man. I didn't know what was gonna happen. It, it, for one minute, it would look like uh, Kobe might knock him out, but then, man, towards those late rounds after uh, that jaw got broken, Usman put that put that foot on the pedal, man. And uh, showed showed uh, showed that African power, man. Show why those Africans are some of the strongest uh, type of athletes out there, man. So that's my fight of the year, one hundred percent. That was just a great fight, man. Those are like those are the type of fights I like to see. People were saying all this shit, and I understand, you know, they're wrestlers. They're gonna lay on each other. I'm thinking that. Bro, they ain't gonna fucking lay on each other. <laughs> like, no one's gonna take. You. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think no guy would shoot. But like, I was thinking, like, man, these two two guys, they're just too dominant. One of them's gonna have to break or get broken, and uh, that's exactly what happened, man. It was a great fight. One of the one of my favorite fights of all time. Yeah. So I'll tell you my second favorite fight of 2019, which we were in attendance for, which was Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. I mean, if you haven't seen that fight, holy shit, it's unbelievable. But being that we were in attendance for that fight, because everyone's calling that fight of the year, if that was truly fight of the year, that means that the next fight afterwards wouldn't have been as good. And actually, Shaq, the next fight, which was the main event, was even better and was just such a back and forth roller coaster and just like an, one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. And that's a Poirier versus Holloway too. For those that don't know, Poirier submitted Holloway the first time they fought back in Holloway's UFC debut. But they met again in Atlanta, Georgia in April 2019 at State Farm Arena, UFC 236. And when I say Poirier and Holloway threw down in the center of that octagon for five straight rounds, that's exactly what happened. You got to see the punching power of Dustin Poirier, the durability, that Hawaiian heart and chin of Max Holloway and the determination of Dustin Poirier to complete his uh, paid-in-full mission, man, which is exactly what he did. That was the best fight maybe I've ever seen, but definitely of two, of 2019. And uh, honorable mention has to go to Luque versus Barberena because those two... Uh, those two knuckleheads had a little scrap. Uh, they, they had they had quite a knock, so I enjoyed that as well. But top three, Poirier versus Holloway, number one. Gastelum uh, versus Adesanya, number two. And Luke versus Barberena, number three for me. And last but not least, Shaq, the fighter of the year for 2019. Look, I know... I know... We all know who the three candidates are. There's no there's no secrets here. It's between Henry Cejudo, Israel Adesanya, and Jorge Masvidal for different reasons. Which one are you awarding the 2019 UFC Fighter of the Year? I'll go with someone not on the list. I'm actually go with Kamaru Usman just for the fact that, you know, going into his fight with Tyron Woodley, Woodley, you know, is 
the alleged uh, best welterweight of all time going into that fight, even though people act like GSP never existed. But, um, but man, the way he beat him down, 50-45, and I just like the way how he, he's dealt with all the outside things. Now, Kamaru isn't the best with his mouthpiece. You know, he's not the, the wittiest guy. If you try to tra talk trash with him, I mean, he's probably going to lose that battle. But, uh... But, man, I really like the way he closed the year out with that win over Covington to finish him after a great fight. I mean, you know, it could have went to decision and he would have won a split. Then people would have been saying, rematch this, rematch that. But the fact that he put him out and knocked him out, and I got a ton of I think Covington's better than Woodley. So, you know, I think that was even a, a better win for him. Um, and just the, I like the way how he dealt with all the, you know, Diaz and basically how Dana was trying to, force a belt upon this matchup with Diaz and Masvidal because, you know, he obviously likes them a lot more. Uh, you know, they, they relate to the fans a lot more. But uh, I like the way how he dealt with it. He's a he's a he's a real professional and and I think this guy might possibly be one of the, the next few uh dominant champions that we see in the sport, man. The guy the way Henry Hoof talks about him, he said he made Usman the captain uh of his fight team back when he only had one or two UFC fights when there was guys with, you know, lengthy UFC careers for a reason, man, because he said the guy's just a leader. He he uh, doesn't miss practice. He holds everyone accountable. So Usman's my fighter of the year. I think he's very underappreciated, and uh, uh, and I won't be underappreciating him anymore. So he's my fighter of the year. Yeah, he's definitely one of them. You, you'll have to look few and far between to find someone picking Usman, so I respect that pick. But look, the top three are Cejudo, Adesanya, and Masvidal for three different reasons. For Masvidal, it doesn't have to do with the belt, even though he now is the first ever BMF uh, belt holder in the UFC, the baddest motherfucker. But it, for him, it's uh, the kind of superstar he finally became. You know, to see his career, which was full, filled with ups and downs, but you always saw the talent, you always saw the personality, and the just his background story is amazing and everything he brings to the octagon, the excitement, but the results were a little bit inconsistent. You know, he'd knock a couple of guys out, then he'd lose some split decisions. You know, the saying used to be that Jorge Masvidal gets robbed more than a 7-Eleven, but if you guys know the story, he took a year or two off, went to this reality show where he couldn't have a phone for like six months and he reinvented himself, comes out here, looks like a completely different man and now he's a title challenger. So that's one reason and he's the biggest sport, the, the biggest star in the sport right now, arguably. Uh, so that's one reason you can call Jorge Masvidal the fighter of the year for Israel Adesanya. Same reason I called him the breakthrough fighter of the year is... Just what he's done so far, the two title fights. Uh, he was already turning, he was already on the cusp of being a, a star last year, but this year it's been taken to a whole nother level. The guy's a celebrity and the kind of virtuoso performances he's been putting in there in the octagon. I've never seen anyone treat Kelvin like that. I've never seen anyone, you know, I know I saw Steven Wonderboy start Whitaker at 70s, but I've never seen anyone dis, like that was a back and forth fight until Whitaker got starched, whereas the Israel versus Whitaker fight was a systematic dismantling followed by a shotgun. Like you remember the end of that first round when he dropped him with that hook and then yeah. and then they started the second one. It was absolutely devastating. But for me, the guy who officially wins the best fight picks uh 2019 fighter of the year is Henry the Messenger Cejudo. Henry Triple C. Look, I love Masvidal, but his biggest claim for my list is his how he's uh, translated into stardom. For Israel Adesanya, it's the two amazing title fights he had. But for Henry Cejudo, it's two belts in two weight classes combined with the fact that he's also a gold medalist Olympian. That's history that has never been done before. So for that reason, 
Henry Cejudo is my fighter of the year for 2019. Well, Shaq, uh, we should uh, hit some of this uh, Flav CBD and answer these fan questions, man. Uh, we want to thank all our fans so much for all your support. Make sure you get our bets at bestfightpicks.com and use that promo code 2020 to save 20% off any VIP package. Already got one bet ready for UFC 246, which goes down January 18th, and uh, have more in the works. So also, our sponsor, Flav CBD, got to give a shout-out to them. Thank you so much for hooking us up with uh, all the Flav products. We really enjoy them. And to our fans for all your support, we're about to answer these questions right now. All right, well, Shaq, let's answer these fan questions, man, because... First up, my boy Bert wants to know, how do you think the odds makers are doing the new one since Kalika? So I'm going to take this first. First of all, I think they're doing really good, and I love Nick Kalika, so I think he's a great guy. We actually talk from time to time. But one thing about it was I was starting to kind of figure, not figure out patterns or this or that, but I kind of had a feel for where Kalika was going to set lines, whereas the new ones, a lot of people have been talking shit about them, but it's actually been kind of tougher for me so far. But I definitely feel like I've been adapting in 2020. I'm ready to take advantage. Kalikas uh, was a good one. Um, like you said, he kind of did have a, a pattern of like where he would open lines. And there was a little stretch in time, maybe a month or two month span, where you could almost damn near call the number he'd uh, set an opening line. And, and that would be the case. Or some of the gifts he would occasionally give. I'm not saying that, you know, it's all his fault. But uh, the new odds makers, I think, are doing pretty much uh, a very good job. I think it's much more. In it, it just seems a lot more... Uh, Market's getting sharper. just seems like the opening lines are a lot more accurate in terms of like how the way the fights are playing out. So I think, uh, yeah, I think the new odds makers are very, very good. Voice of Reality says, please list your top 10 fan questions in order to receive from Voice of Reality in 2019. Thanks for your support, brother. We really... I, I fuck with you, Voice of Reality. Uh, and uh, I like uh, that Texas logo in that... Uh, <laughs> Us Texans got to stick together. I always appreciate your support, man. Thank you so much. Discovery Bull says, how much do you think secret steroid knowledge plays a role in the betting world? Are secret juicers frequently at big advantage? Tips on spotting them or examples from recent memory? Love wow. the show. Any discussion about the stuff would be cool. Firstly, thank you, brother, very much for the question. I mean, I mean, this show, look, you know, we're, we like to have a lot of fun. We like to joke around. But I don't think we really put too much stock into those kind of things in terms of the actual bets. But what I would put more stock into is if they start looking deflated after steroid use. Like, for example, when TJ Dillashaw comes back in two years uh, and he fights a real opponent, get ready to fade him. Yeah, you know, just by watching the sport for so long, in my obviously in my head, I but I, I 95% of the time just keep my thoughts to myself. Uh, yeah, I do think there's certain guys on steroids and and certain guys not on steroids. And, and I used to, uh, in my younger days, used to lift a lot of weights. And uh, I, I could, I, I know a ster- uh, at least a former steroid user uh, when I see one, you know. Um, so, like, yeah, I do think there's certain guys out there. Does it affect my bets? Um, if, if they're a little on the older side and, you know, you're off the steroids now, kind of like, for example, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to accuse him, but look, so we said TJ Dillashaw, for example, Chris Weidman might have been, uh, <laughs> look, I'm not going to. It's just let, facts let, that he's been knocked out I'm every just, fight. You know, also with some of these, some of our favorite old vets that we've, uh, Come to know and love. Vitor Belfort. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, I'm not going to say that they're steroid, uh, they were former steroid users, but they were former steroid. <laughs> but, uh, 
Does it affect my bets? Um, unless they're on the older side, no. Um, but if they are on the older side, if they're, you know, now I feel like you're off the steroids. Uh, there was another one, Todd Duffy. You know, that's a guy where, uh, you know, I know for a fact he was on Wasn't steroids. he lactating at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From what I heard, the dude could uh, square milk out his teeth. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yes. Unless uh, they're on the older side, no. But uh, I definitely, you know, just I, I look at physiques and I and I keep it to myself. On this next card, I know for a fact there's some former steroid users. So, thank you very much for the question, brother. Matthew Drucker says, "How good is Masvidal's chin currently?" Honestly, Matt, I think his it's been good his whole been. career. His chin. He's only been knocked out once. I guess you can. I bet and you it was can't an early stoppage. Me. Now, Matt Matthew Drucker. Before I tell you who knocked him out, uh, don't look at don't up. look at Wiki. And, you know, try to answer the question yourself, but uh, I'll give you 10 seconds. All right, it was uh, Rodrigo Dam, uh, the the bum of the UFC actually knocked him out, but that's the only time he's been knocked out, right? Yeah. He's been dropped a couple and, times. And he got dropped, but the referee stepped in. They didn't yeah. even give him a chance yeah. to. It was like one of those. It was a real early yeah. stoppage. And we're not talking Aspen Lad GDR early, you guys, because that wasn't early at all. Oh, <laughs> CG wants to know bold predictions for 2020. Man, it's tough to say because there's so many of them, but I just have a feeling that a lot of belts are going to be switching places, and uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a wild year. Um, I, I got to take it card by card, honestly. Bold, like in terms of the fights, like he's saying, like John Jones getting dethroned oh. and shit like that. Yeah. Man, okay, so you want to go there? Okay. I, I got one for you. Tyron Woodley ain't gonna win a fight in 2020. One of them that I have is Max Holloway will be knocked out this year. Marlon Vera will be a top ten fighter in twenty twenty. Uh, actually, I actually will say John Jones will be the throne this year, but I'll say late this year. It could be early this year, but I'll say most more than likely late this year. Um, and to a guy that we're he's gonna lose to a guy that we possibly might not see coming, or you know, not in his division possibly. Uh, those are about it. Max Holloway will be knocked out. John Jones will lose this year. Max. MMA Picks wants to know, congrats on your last podcast. It was the most viewed on YouTube to date. Wish you and Shaq lots of success this year. Max MMA, my man. Uh, that's one guy I respect 100%. That guy uh, is, is legit, and, uh, and I appreciate it, buddy. Yes, thank you so much, man. It uh, means a lot to us. You stuck with us through everything, and keep supporting us. We support you, man. So thank you very much, and and on the topic of uh, the Colby Covington versus Usman episode of Half the Battle being our most listened to date, thank you so fucking much to all 15K plus people that listen to our show. We, we truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you. Ace wants to know which fight that is already booked are you most looking forward to and which fight that has yet to be made is your dream fight for 2020. So let's start with already booked. All right. I got a, I got a couple for you. Uh... One of them that I'm looking uh, very, very forward to is Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer versus the former champion Rob Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker's coming off that title fight. I know, I know he needs a win to stay in the thick of things. I know he just trying to. From what I heard, he was trying to get a fight with Till. He was, uh, he was, you know, they called him with Cannoneer's name uh, about five times, and he uh, let's just say he turned his phone on. Uh, on uh what's this shit airplane (laughs) 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 but uh fucking so that's one of the fights i'm interested in um 
Another fight I'm interested in is uh, Mahmoud Murata versus Carlos Jr. That's in 2020. Uh, I'm very high on Mahmoud. Uh, very high on Mahmoud Murata, and especially not high on Carlos Jr. Let's see. Obviously, McGregor and Cerrone. I mean, that's a, a great fight. Um, what other fight? Oh, I'm very looking forward to Wiley Zhang and Joanna. That's one of... I'm very interested to see what happens in that fight. So those are a few. What was the other part of the question? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. It's like, let me answer mine. So lots of fights I'm looking forward to. Anytime Sodiq Yusuf fights, he's taking on Andre Feely, who's always tough. Looking forward to that. John Jones versus Reyes. I want to know if Reyes is the guy. And then Marlon Vera versus Jimmy Rivera. These two have had a serious beef that I don't think too many people know the, the, the extent of it for years now. And, uh, it's going to be a violent fight, so that that's definitely one that I'm looking forward to. Now, his other question was the dream fight for 2020. Masvidal versus Covington or Diaz versus Dustin? I want to see the Ngannou versus Stipe rematch because I truly believe Ngannou starches him in the first round if they ever fight again, so that's my dream fight for 2020. Kevin Goodson says, I know you guys never scream robbery. Appreciate the compliment, brother. But if you had to pick what was the biggest robbery of 2019, there was one that we were kind of like, holy shit. What was it? Yeah. Um, this, I like how you started that question off. I mean, the only time where like I legit felt robbed was Hernandez and Trinado. Even though it wasn't by the margin, I thought I still thought that the kid Hernandez backed up the entire time and didn't do shit. Um, there was another one recently, man. I thought Cody Stamen got robbed out of a win. I know Song was landing some hard shots, but... The third round, I mean, it was arguably 10-8. I think one judge did have it 10-8 uh, for Stamen. Um, but the fact that he didn't win that second round was a little shocking to me. I, I mean, anyone watches that fight leaves away. I mean, Song Yadong, Cody Stamen said Song Yadong and Faber both congratulated him in the cage saying, you know, congratulations, you did it. So, um that was one I wasn't I was surprised about. Uh was Marshman in and uh and Phillips that was this year. That yeah. was another one I thought uh John Phillips clearly won two rounds to one. Yeah. Marshman and Phillips and uh what was that other one you just said? Ronaldo Hernandez and Stamen Yadong. Stamen and, and Song Yadong. Yeah, Stamen and Song Yadong and Marshman Phillips, those are the top two for me. My boy Hernandez says personal best worst Best and worst bet of the year. We we, uh, we covered those earlier, man. Uh, worst was Ricky Simon against Faber. Best was either Poirier against Holloway, Volkanovski against Holloway, or Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall. And any particular strategy you have with watching line movement for a favorite versus a dog, or you, you just bet when you see value. Yeah, no, obviously you got to do the first part for the second part. you got to watch the line movement to see when uh, it gets to where you determine it to be value, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, basically, you kind of set your own odds, and then you look at the actual board and see how that compares. And if there's a discrepancy, then you're looking at some value there. So for well, sure, at Rod Rod Deer Meat, we're uh, doing use the code V uh, twenty twenty for twenty percent off the VIP package and and find out. So would you take? A, he also wants to know: Would you take a loan to? Would you take out a loan to bet Masvidal against uh, Nick Diaz? Speaking theoretically, yes. I mean, there's no way he loses that fight. Yeah. Um, no, nah, just because it would be like minus 700 and some shit. Even though it's free money, but... Yeah. I mean, if you were thinking about doing that, Rod Deer Meat, I mean... If they give on. me good odds, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> go If it's minus 500, go on, buddy. <laughs> 
Guillermo San Miguel wants to know most units and how much Coke is Connor on. I don't know what he means by most units. Like, that I've ever bet in a bet, that I've made in a year, that... I'm not sure what you mean, brother. How much coke is Connor on? A lot. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> I'm gonna guess after the Floyd fight, it probably you know started as a, a little party thing. Even though I'm sure he didn't sparingly uh, you know before, but after the Floyd fight, you know part you know start partying with it. But then uh, by the time he you know was having maybe babies in the uh, and around the time he's hitting the old man in the in the bus incident, I'm, I'm gonna say about. Uh, he might be like a four to five line guy a day type of guy, you know. I mean, just uh, based on his actions. I mean, when when you saw Conor McGregor prior to the champ champ stuff, and he was on the come up, everything would, he would say would be like, man. But that confidence is fucking gone now. He doesn't have that same confidence, man. When you look at the guy prior to the champ champ, everything he'd say was very inspirational. He'd be the kind of guy that you would kind of look up to. But then his actions after all that, once he did win those two belts, was quite uh, contradictory. I mean, the guy's going out there throwing dollies, uh, you know, at buses with women on them and stuff like that. So I'm just saying, um, how much coke is he on? I don't know, but he's definitely, something's changed since uh, all the stardom happened. And it's not money related, it's drug related. But then again, he's using uh, that money for the drugs, right? So, I mean, look, we don't got to get too into it, but the bottom line is the dude's definitely on something based on how he's acting, for sure. Herman Martinez wants to know, best third-party tracking site, Capertech or Bet MMA Tips? I like both, man, for different reasons. With uh, Capertech, you can do multiple sports, and there's also not really a deadline of when you can submit. So, like, if you're not selling bets or you just want to kind of personally track your bets and you bet on something five minutes before the game starts and and it's a different sport than MMA. Capper Tech is fucking awesome. And it's also good to have different resources, man, because let's say one of the sites goes under and then your record's completely gone. At least you have two two spots uh, you can somewhat rely on. With Bet MMA Tips, it's specifically dedicated to MMA. And what I really like about them is a lot of their features, they just kind of help you look deep into the numbers and kind of help you strategize and just take your game to that next level. So they're both great for different reasons. Both are free, so I recommend getting on both. Yeah, they're both great sites. Bet MMA Tips kind of uh, gives you some good numbers to look at, like like you said, to uh, see where you're good at where uh, and where you're not good at. You know, it'll pretty much tell you right there. Capper Tech is uh, more of a uh, networking site, uh, you know, that can get your product out there to a, a lot more people. So uh, they're both good sites. Anthony wants to know who was the biggest stunt puller of 2019. Uh, Ricky Simone, Jimmy Crew, McCall Oleksajczyk. I'm going to go with, uh, what's that girl, Jojua against Morass earlier this year. I mean, she pulled one of the most epic stunts I, I, I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> what was that stunt in that other promotion we saw? Yeah, that she did the same thing where she she'll be on mount, she'll be in mount, but then she'll just go to her back from mount and like let the person on top. Uh, that was a stunt. That, that wait, was, wait, but what was that stunt in that other promotion that happened like a week or two ago? Where the guy was winning the entire. F oh yeah, Sam Cecilia in Bellator this year. You guys have to fucking see this shit. The guys. Like, dominating the entire fight, dropping the guy, taking the guy down. And with, like, 10 seconds le left in the fight, he gets starched. Oh, what about, uh, I don't know, Anthony Satello, uh, if you remember uh, Stefan Struve. What's that this year? Stefan Struve versus Pezal de Lima. Was that this yeah, year? Yeah, this year. 
where Stepes uh, Lima 10-8s him, dominates him easily, I mean, to a point, and uh, then quits in the second round. I mean, it was something, it was something like, wow. Uh, Ricky Simon was a stunt puller just for the fact the kid was him, Crew, McCall. Uh, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Um, Between you and me, Rakic. I mean, look, man, you, you got to be careful in that 205 division. That's the, uh, the vet lesson division, man. Yeah, lately, for sure. <laughs> Can't wait to see this Reyes versus uh, John Jones fight. My boy Kelton wants to know, which champion do you believe has the strongest, toughest list of future challengers to their belt for 2020? Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo, 100%, man. I love Henry, but, uh, man, he has got a fucking series, especially with Jan and Sanhagen. I mean, those are the two guys he's got on the horizons, and, you know, if he can beat both of them, he's the greatest of all time. But uh, it's a tough division. Uh, uh, he's got some tough guys. Aljamain's in the mix as well, even though I think he, he'll beat Aljamain. Um, but Peter Yan and Sanhagen for Cejudo, he's got those two on the horizons. And, you know, Peter Yan's already, uh, at least this last week, man, he's been calling Cejudo a lot of names on uh, on Twitter, man. So I'm interested to see uh, 2020 for Mr. Henry. Honestly, Kellen, I don't think too many of these champions are – quote-unquote safe. I mean, when you look at Alexander Volkanovsky, amazing fighter, but look at the guys that beat, that yeah, are coming yeah. up in that weight class. beat Yair, Korean Zombie, Sodiq Youssef, all these guys on the come-up. Uh, very excited about that. Obviously, Israel Adesanya is amazing, but then you got Paulo Costa waiting in the wings. For John Jones, you got uh, the new wave of 205ers, which have all taken L's except Dominic Reyes. And then at heavyweight, obviously, Francis Ngannou doesn't have a belt around his waist. So I think 2020 is a year where we're going to see a lot of belts uh, change hands. My boy Remy wants to know, how do you and Shaq meet? How long you guys known each other? And was it MMA-related questions you were after? <laughs> no, this is a great question, man. It's funny. So I was actually following Shaq on Twitter and we followed each other just based off the MMA shit. You know, we, you guys know how this MMA community is on Twitter. You follow all the MMA accounts and you guys interact. And we already got along as it was. I mean, we were already talking fights, who you got this weekend, you know, that kind of shit. And then I saw him tweeting, like, go Falcons or something. I was like, are you from ATL? And then uh, he was like, yeah. So I was like, come watch a fight. He came and watched a fight. And we've been boys ever since. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the world of MMA, bringing everyone together. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, sir. Jack Scott says, can we get an early prediction for the Cerrone-McGregor fight? Feel like the line is the best it's going to be if you're backing McGregor. Also, what happened to the card recaps? They were very entertaining. Well, firstly, thank you very much for the kind words about the card recaps. Oh, boy, Jack. And I'd like to get back to them, man. I'd like to get back to the interviews, to everything. I think 2020. Say no, say no more, Jack Scott. 2020, no we're going to have a big year for you, brother. And as far as the early prediction, tune in in two weeks. We're going to drop that pod for you. Yeah. Can, uh, can't can't I'm, ruin I'm it for a, the rest of them. Jack, I got a lot of choice things to say about that fight. So just make sure you uh, tune in in two weeks. And I appreciate you, Jack Scott. Thank you, my man. Mani wants to know who in the current roster can mop the floor with GSP. Nobody. <laughs> Besides Francis and Gannett? No. <laughs> oh, <somebody at> welterweight? <laughs> uh, well, Manny, if you mean at welterweight, um, nobody. You're not even Usman. Just because GSP is one of those guys, man, where... Uh, he knows how to fight. <laughs> not only does he know how to fight, but, you know... The brain, and, he's so smart. Uh, and, and look. Another thing is GSP can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, uh, look, the guy's been caught 
pouring grease on in the middle of rounds before. UFC 94. <laughs> and then this is just factual, and they let him get away with it. Like, they were rubbing Vaseline on him between rounds, like, caught him red-handed. <laughs> Some people thought that... Uh, there was rumors that he might have paid the uh, judges for the Hendricks fight, even though if you really go back and watch that fight, GSP won. <laughs> <laughs> Three two. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, G I don't. No one can. Uh, I mean, he took a four year layoff and come back and beat the middleweight champ. Uh, yeah, know, the so. guy's amazing. On any given night, anyone can win, but to actually mop the floor, meaning beat him pillar to post in every area, it's going to be tough to do at one seventy. It's going to need. It's going to take a bigger guy, in my opinion. So Brandon wants to know which champion loses their belt first in 2020. Well, I mean, the first champ to fight in 2020 is John Jones, so he's got the highest, uh, you know, the highest probability just because he's the first one up. But I mean, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough to see. I can't wait to find out. Um, it's kind of like Kelton's question, man. It's a tough one. But if, but I'm sure you're you're hoping for an answer, Brandon. So um, who's the first one up? John Jones. Who's second? Wiley. Yeah. Uh, just to go pick, I'll say Wiley. Stuart wants to know, which fighter has exceeded your expectations most in 2019? For him, it was Cannoneer. Uh, Stuart, that's a good pick. I'm sure he exceeded a lot of expectations. Um, For you, bro, Mahmoud Muradov, you weren't that high on him. Now, now you said you're high on him. Um, But it's not like to a point where it's like, for me, Aljamain Sterling, 100%. Yeah, this is a guy I used to call the fraud master. This is a guy where I thought it was all hype, and at one point it was all hype. I even faded him against uh, Brian Caraway at plus 350 odds. And, man, the kid, uh, he's blossoming into something special to watch, and I'm very excited uh, to see what the future is for a guy like that. So he's definitely the guy that's exceeded my expectations the most in uh, 2019. Yeah, Aljamain, I almost... I actually picked him to be Munoz. I was kind of starting to realize that he might be turning the corner. So, yeah, it's probably him. Uh, another one is probably Masvidal. I mean, I, I didn't – when he lost the way he lost to Wonderboy, I mean, Stuart, watch that Wonderboy fight and watch his last three fights. I, I thought – I mean, I bet on him in the Wonderboy fight. I was like, this guy looks disgusting. Like, I, I don't even want to look at Masvidal ever again. So, uh, he exceeded my expectations. Champ MMA says, do you think Piotr Yan is coming for that strap? Straight killer, man. Yes, yeah, he, he is champ MMA. And, and Henry better be careful, man. I'm telling the only the guy, if he can get through Aljamain, which I, which I think he will, um, I don't think Jose is going to get the title shot. Uh, or I think it would be disgusting if he did. But Yan and Sanhagen are, are the two motherfuckers that he needs to already, that Eric, Captain Eric needs to be watching tape of already. I mean, if he's not coming for the strap, then he's definitely fighting he's for, the fight for the strap. That, that, that's for sure. It's Unless just, him and Sanhagen have to fight. And then. It's the race between him and Corey, so yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. But, yeah, the kid's definitely in title contention, no doubt about it. <clears throat> Block says, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Who's the best cheat of 2019? It's a great question, actually. Like, in terms of dirty fighter? Yeah. Oh, um, the Tamor brothers are always in the running. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got uh, John Jones. John Jones is always in the running. I mean, whoever eye pokes and uh, you know greases. Who was who was one that had like three low blows and didn't get points? Oh, did Darko Dark and Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, Dark Darko low blowed Kennedy like what three times? Some shit like that. Yeah. Um, fucking. In terms of the dirtiest fighters in the sport, it's got to be the Tamar brothers. P if Pons is active, him as well. Uh, you know. Pons is making a comeback 2020. <laughs> um, you know, the, the eye pokers. 
Yeah, I'm gonna definitely keep an eye out. Block. That's a good question. It's something I used to like comment on more because like, like back in, in the terms day, of, like when you say like missing weight as well. I mean, I guess, but if you go on to like win because yeah. you have such a big weight advantage. But like, uh, I know back in the day, I had an issue with Josh Koscheck a lot because if you watch the Paul Daly and Rumble Johnson fights, he uh, fakes fouls in both of those and. Man, it was super frustrating to watch, but it's also like, hey, he went on to win both those fights, so what can I say, right? The Filthy Frankster says, do you see a world where Valentina is a double champ due to lack of competition in her division and moves up for redemption against Amanda in 2020? And FYI, he does. Also, let's smash 2020. Agreed, my man. Um, well, I mean, she's already lost to Valentina twice, so it's going to be kind of hard for them to so give her that rematch. To like sell it, but yeah, I do see her staying champ in her current division for sure. Maybe if Valentina retires, maybe yeah, she maybe. could she could beat a lesser woman, uh, lady up at uh, thirty fives. But for now, I'd say she just she keeps her belt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Amanda retires, sorry. I don't like in twenty twenty. Do I think? Uh, I do think there's a chance where you know she might run out of opponents. But man, the sport's evolving, man. The way these things work out, if you give them time to build up a division, man, they'll start developing uh, a couple girls here and there in the mix, you know. Even though Macy Barber is not ready for that, who knows? Maybe by the end of 2020 she is. Uh, or, you know, uh, somebody else that we just don't know yet. That's how this, who would have said Rosenstrike would have been a top five heavyweight at the beginning of 2019, you know? <laughs> Fucking nobody. Uh, so that's how these things work out. Um, I'm going to say she just kills it in 25s, probably has to chill out on the amount of time she can fight in the year just because if she keeps knocking uh girls out and and it just depends you know because her last fight with liz carmouche the reason why liz got cut is because she ran away the entire time but if uh they keep going if they keep giving her these girls that run away and don't want to get knocked out and waste everyone's time for five rounds then eventually they'll probably will do something about it for sure thanks for the question man gabe wants to know can you do a prediction on who will hold each belt at the end of 2020 all right, let's pull, up, let's pull up the rankings. I got you. A quick one. So, flyweight. It's either going to be Formiga or Benavides. I mean, excuse me, Figueredo or Benavides. Who do you think? I'm going to go with Figueredo. End of 2020. Davison, God of War, Figueredo will be the flyweight champion. End of 2020. What about my boy, Bonterine? Oh, yeah, I'll go with Figueredo. All right, Bantamweight. Go uh, ahead. Bantamweight, I'll go with uh, Corey Sanhagen by the end of 2020. Champ. I'll go with Piotr Yan. Featherweight. Featherweight, I will go with Alexander Volkanovsky, champ, and a 2020. I will go with Chan Sung Jung to be the first ever Korean male champion. Lightweight. Lightweight, I will go Khabib Nurmagomedov, champ, and a 2020. Lightweight, I will go Justin Gaethje, champ, and a 2020. Welterweight. Uh, Walter Wade, I will go Kamara Usman, champ, in the 2020. Walter Wade, I'll go Jeff Neal, champ, in the 2020. Middleweight? Middleweight, I will go Paulo Costa, champ, in the 2020. Middleweight, I will go Edmund Shabazian, champ, in the 2020. Light heavyweight? Light heavyweight, I will go... I'll go... I'll go John Johnson, champ, in the 2020. This is the toughest one for me, man, because I just have the feeling that he can't just keep winning forever, right? But at the same time, it is one of the weaker weight classes, and all the big prospects have been taken else. 
but then again, he's fighting Dominic Reyes. So is Reyes the one or not? I don't know, but since a gun's to my head right now, I'm going to go with Jones. We'll see what happens. Heavyweight. Heavyweight, I will say Francis Ngannou, champ in the 2020. Yes, sir. Francis Ngannou, for sure. Women's strawweight. I will say Queen Joanna gets her belt back in the 2020. Uh-oh, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to say Tatiana Suarez uh, smothers some ladies and uh, gets that belt. Women's flyweight. Valentina Champ in the 2020. Yeah, Valentina will mop the floor with all these ladies. Women's bandwidth. Nunes Champ in the 2020. Amanda the Lioness Nunes. Thank you very much for the question, brother. Self-proclaimed shaman of the spread says, Will Connor get bet down to minus 400? At what point is there value on Cerrone? I mean, honestly, dude. Listen on January 16th. Yeah, I mean, you've seen both these guys fight. One's a former champ champ. The other, I will say, self-proclaimed shaman of, of the spread, just by your question, I like where your head is at. Exactly. Look, <laughs> one guy's a former champ champ, and one guy has the most wins and finishes in UFC history, so neither guy is a slouch. Psychopath MMA said, if you had to max bet a current UFC champion for every fight they have in 2020, who would you pick? I don't know. <laughs> Khabib. Um, Habib. Like, basically saying, like, who do I, which champ do I trust the most? Um, probably Nunes or, yeah, Nunes. Choi, you want an early UFC 246 preview. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for wanting it, man. Um, it's awesome having awesome loyal fans, but it will be out on fight week. We promise you that. Keith Sweet wants to know, were you surprised with how Masvidal was able to revive his career, especially at the age thir uh, of 34 with 40-plus fights under what his you, belt? What you know about Keith Sweat, Keith Sweet? Uh, yes, I was very surprised by that Keith Sweet. I mean, who the way he looked against Wonderboy, uh, I thought he fucking looked like dog shit, man. I thought it was I thought it was over. For uh, Mr. Gamebred, but yes, it definitely surprised me. Uh, it didn't surprise me about the Diaz fight, but the uh, the other two, the Askren fight, the way he did that one, and the Till fight definitely shocked me. So, yeah. Honestly, man, it's not that it surprised me. It's just that it made me happy because I've always thought this guy had the potential to be a superstar, to be one of the best fighters on planet Earth. He's always had the skills. It was always little details. Like, for example, he'd win a first round dominantly and then he'd coast the second and third round and lose a split decision. So now that he finally is putting everything together, I'm not surprised to see him go out there and have these kind of results because the dude's always been well, one of the baddest fighters on planet Earth. So it's just really cool to finally see him put it all together, take the sport as seriously as he is now, and get the kind of results he's getting, man. And that's why uh, there's a chance he could fight for uh, not a BMF title, but an actual UFC world title in 2020. So thanks, Keith. Appreciate the question, man. And thank you to all our fans for all of those questions. That was a lot, a lot of fun. And, man, that, that's going to wrap up this podcast. We want to thank you guys so much for all your support. This was a lot of fun. We will be back soon for the UFC 246, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you all go to bestfightpicks.com. To get our bets, use that promo code 2020 to save 20% off any VIP package. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Follow Shaq at MMAGenius05. Shaq on Instagram is ShaqBFP. Our official Instagram is Best Fight Picks Official. You can subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically anywhere you can find podcasts. 
So thank you guys again so much for your support. We truly appreciate it. We love all our fans. We will be back soon. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.